you are the master of your reality. This is even more true in relation to the government. Democracy doesn't just happen. It takes participation. Governments need participation and feedback from their citizens. Join Rob Hutchinson for Dear Parliament, where you get to understand the issues and engage directly with government. Dear Parliament is every Wednesday at midday, only on 101.9 High FM. On the line with us, we have Vanessa Lynch. Vanessa, as I mentioned, has served as Deputy Chair of the National Forensic Oversight and Ethics Board, which monitored the implementation of the provisions of the DNA Act in its first five years. Vanessa is, is regarded as a key opinion leader in the field of forensic DNA policy law and has been lauded for her leadership to drive the adoption of legislation to administer South Africa's national DNA database, which is actually the first of its kind on the on the African continent. Good day, Vanessa. How are you? Hi, Rob. Very well. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, absolute, absolute pleasure. Well, Vanessa, you've been intimately involved for, for many years in, in the whole DNA process, particularly on, on the legal side and processing side and, and also the, the chain of custody. Can you provide a, a, a rundown on what, on what actually went down in yesterday's committee meeting and perhaps raise your, your concerns? Yes, sure, Rob. Um, well, there were two aspects to yesterday's meeting. The first was the um, the new incoming board. So every five years, a new DNA oversight board is appointed. And the first part of proceedings was the minister um, introducing the new board, the new chair. And um, yes, that that went on for 40 minutes. <laughs> but the <laughs> crux of the of, <laughs> of the meeting was really about the DNA board presenting the progress in respect of the forensic science laboratory. There was a crisis um, that's been building up over the last couple of years um, with regards to the decline in the numbers of DNA samples being processed and obviously we we often hear about the dna backlog and um in the first few years of the dna act that 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 wasn't really an issue they were doing they they i think they um probably put about over a million profiles on the database but over the last couple of years due to various issues that started to decline so um the 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 meeting yesterday was really about what has been done in response to this crisis? What progress has been made since November last year when the Forensic Science Laboratory came before the Portfolio Committee, told the committee what their turnaround strategy would be in respect of the backlog? I think in, in November it was 142,000 um, cases were in backlog in the DNA laboratory. And um, they had to show what their plan of action was in terms of monitoring the implementation of that turnaround strategy and what crisis management policies had been put into place. So that, that's essentially what was presented yesterday. Oh, fantastic. So it, it sounds, sounds all really positive and, or oh, oh, if their reports and, and feedback was in the right direction. Um, but however, I've, I've read through some notes and quite frankly, like in, in Tina Jumat Peterson's words, I'm also horrified by, by what actually was revealed in, in those meetings. Our president has, has uh, said that there's 1.6 billion rand put aside to, to fight, uh, the GBV issue in yeah. South Africa. But what's, what's being revealed here is that there seems to be no hope if, of, of, of actually let, uh, bringing down the number of GBV cases 
if these essential systems are are compromised in the way that was revealed yesterday. Yes, I think I think the the, the two aspects of it. The bad news is that the the forensic science laboratory have not made any inroads into the turnaround strategy that was presented last year. And in fact, if anything, they've added another 30,000 samples to the backlog. Right. So the number of, of almost 173,000 cases and backlog um, was presented as the current number of, of, of samples and backlog. And, and that is why the chairperson said it was so horrifying because we've never, even in the past, in the, in the, I call it the dark old days, even before the DNA Act or in the beginning of implementation, we've never seen numbers like that. Um, despite the fact that we've actually got two incredibly sophisticated forensic science laboratories. We we have everything available to us. And in fact, compared to the rest of Africa, South Africa really is the jewel in the crown in terms of our policies that are in place, our legislation and our facilities. So so what is the problem? Because mm. we, we have a president who's telling us gender-based violence is a priority. We pr- we essentially have one of the greatest weapons to identify serial offenders and, and get them off the streets and prevent them from reoffending. And there's such a high rate of um, reoffending amongst uh, sexual um, um, assault cases. So is this, a, is this reversible? And I think the good news is it is reversible. And what was revealed yesterday was that when the Forensic Science Laboratory presented their crisis last year in November, they they were given 250 million rand um, by Treasury. They had appealed for this money because they said that the baseline budget had been withdrawn from their funding and they weren't able to uh, procure the consumables, the chemistry, the maintenance of the equipment that was necessary to keep that forensic science laboratory running as it as it used to be in the in the, in the first few day, years of the implementation of the act. So what we have now is this 250 million rand hasn't actually been utilized. So, you know, we have a, a, a bit of a, a situation. Why, why hasn't it been utilized? So Treasury have given you the money. You, you've got five contracts that had to be awarded that would actually ensure that forensic science laboratory would be operational. Why have only two of those contracts been awarded? Because the, the delay in respect to those last three contracts has essentially ground the laboratory to a stop. They, they cannot process any samples. And this is something that, that was highlighted yesterday. Contract management is a disaster. Whoever is responsible for contract management, for awarding those bids, for ensuring that they are put in place, has failed the system. They failed the forensic science laboratory. And because that that failure has taken place, they can't allocate the money to actually, you know, to to um, implement the purchase order. Mm. And that that's one of the first things that needs to be addressed. And And on the 10th of March, when the forensic science laboratory go back to the portfolio committee, we are hoping that the urgency and, and the crisis that has been highlighted from yesterday's meeting. And I mean, I've, I've, I've read it in the press today. It's been on the radio. It is a disaster. We, we are letting, we are really seriously letting the country down by allowing this to continue. I hope that whatever it takes for contract managers to sort the situation out and at least get those contracts awarded is done by next, by the 10th of March, because that's the first level that needs to be addressed. So it's not a, completely hopeless situation. It just needs urgent management of the very the very first if you if you're going to triage this, <laughs> that is a red. That is a real red. Get the contracts awarded. Then yeah. there are lots of other issues they raised yesterday which also have to be addressed. Oh, absolutely. And and as you say, it it is a serious, serious, serious problem. 
which has a very simple solution, and that is sort out the the suppliers, get get yes. them paid, switch systems back on, and and so yes. on. Which brings me to to another issue, which is also raised its ugly head in the in the media. Are, are certain systems around the management of of DNA and samples and so on be, have been switched off? There's a rumor going around that these systems are switched off. Um, was reading through through the parliamentary notes that uh, actually reveal that that question was asked, and some systems have been switched off. How does that compromise the the entire chain of custody when it comes to DNA samples and evidence collection? Well, you've got you've got different information systems um, at play here. So th- so I think the one you're referring to is the it's PCAM, which is the the um, property mm. control exhibit management system, which is essentially all evidence, whether it's ballistic evidence, fingerprint, um, DNA evidence, from the time that it's collected, taken to the police station, all the way through its um, pathway, whichever forensic science. Um, department it goes to um, right up to to the prosecution that has a unique identification number that can be tracked by the prosecutor by the police by the laboratory mm-hmm. and that system um, there is a there's a serious dispute going on between SATs and I think it's FDA um, that hasn't been resolved with the result that that entire system is not an is, is not in use there was talk yesterday of SATs for some unknown, unbelievable reason, wanting to develop their own system from scratch. What they hope to do in the meantime, whilst you can't track and trace evidence of any nature, is is beyond my comprehension. Um, I, I mean, that's my own personal <laughs> comprehension. No, Others may be different. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, but that, that is the overall management system, and I, and I don't know what kind of resolution, and I, I, I do think that that is being highlighted in various other committee meetings. But the information systems that, that exist within the biology laboratory, which is DNA, they call it the biology unit, was a somewhat different. They've got, they, they call them LIMS, which is laboratory information management systems, which are slightly different. Um, they have their own um, information management systems, um, they use different software solutions that exist with just within the biology laboratory. Um, and I know that those are being updated and it's nothing to do with that other system I've spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they are in, in the process of renewing those contracts. Um, I think those contracts had also been, um, they had expired and that, that, that compromised the track and tracing, although they're not even sampling any, um, uh, profiles at the moment, so that might not have, have been an issue then. But when they start processing the samples, it's going to become an issue. So mm. I think that that when we when we talk about a triage, they are doing it manually. The chain of custody is not compromised as long as you can show where that evidence has been. So if if a um, forensic analyst signs it in, works on it, signs it out, that track and trace system will hold up in court as long as you can as long as you can identify where it's been at any given time. So from the chain of custody issue within the biology laboratory, they are obviously that they're going, they're going to manage that and they've, they've got a, I think it's a semi-manual, semi-automated system at the moment whilst they're getting the information management systems in place. But obviously the more samples they process, unless everything's automated, it's impossible to manage that um, manually. It's impossible. So, again, we're talking about different layers of an onion here. 
There are a lot of departments that need to work at the same time. And the portfolio committee really need to keep a hold on which issues need to be addressed urgently, um, in parallel, concurrently, or as I spoke about a triage system, which need to be dealt with first. Um, the, the quick wins, you know, a quick win is get the contact signed. Those yeah. samples can be processed um, and manage the other ones as and when they come around. Absolutely. I think that is, that is like I said, the, the quick solution to, to everything. And uh, as you also said, it is definitely down to, to poor management of, of these systems, which is a major concern that seems to be uh, reflected in, in most government departments nowadays, and especially on, on the police side. We've heard stories of uh, supplies not, not being produced, uh, rape kits being short at, at police stations, and certain laboratory uh, instruments and suppliers uh, not available, simply simply not available. That slows would slow down the entire processing system and have a greater effect as, as it comes. Do you think there's any chance of them clearing this backlog? And if so, how long is it going to take? There is a chance, and I'll tell you why. The, um, the, the two laboratories that we have at the moment, they do have semi-automated systems. Um, for instance, with the buckle samples, which are taken from arrestees, um, those are called reference samples. They've got um, three semi-automated reference lanes down here and one in Pretoria, and they have a huge capacity, a daily capacity, um, if they're fully operational. But they need they need the consumables, they need the chemistry to run those. They also have to look at shift systems where they get people in on a 24-hour basis um, in order to ensure that those are continuously running. So if they if they really put their shoulder to the wheel, understood the crisis this represents, get those contracts in place, get a shift system going, you'll start to see a serious inroad in respect of that backlog. Absolutely. There's no question about it. Um, you know, going forward, um, kind of if we if we're looking at future play I mean I'm talking immediate. Going forward, I think we do need to build capacity in this country. I think two forensic science laboratories are not enough. We probably need to have representation in every province, um, whether they want to start utilizing um, you know, health laboratories to assist them or, or, or create more laboratories. That is something they need to look at going forward. But right now, they can at least, if they get the two major laboratories going, we do have the infrastructures, um, if, if they strategize correctly to, to get moving on that backlog. But it will take a while. It's not going to be an overnight process and they could probably prioritize some of the cases. Absolutely. I think that that is the key key to this. And certainly if we introduce more more labs, which is definitely, definitely needed to clear this backlog, then that will all have to be managed by a pretty robust system on, on the back end, which is, I, I guess you mentioned the, what is the PCAM system. I'm sure that that will be able to, to manage that. And not just the DNA, uh, DNA database, but all, as you said, all the other evidence from all cases that yes. run run off the same system. This mm-hmm. is very very concerning times, I must say, um, and it, it, I cannot believe that there is such a simple simple solution that's just to switch on these systems, get the suppliers get the suppliers paid, get the contracts in place once again, and and do this. Um, from what I've read, this has been ongoing for for many years, and it needs to be sorted out. So yeah, thank thank you so much, Vanessa, for this uh, unbelievable insight and and so on. Um, 
is there anything else that, that you could think of that, that would be of, be of use to, to us? How can the public assist in, in getting these systems switched on? How can the public assist or put pressure on government as such? What would be the best solution here? Um, as I said, I think the, the, the portfolio committee have to start putting the various um, people responsible to terms. It's all very well as talking about it on the radio, talking about it in Parliament, but I think we have to, and the DNA board are also responsible for this, is that they have to be deliverables. They have to identify which are actually reversible, which ones can be managed, and say, by such and such time, you have to come back and you have to confirm that those contracts, for instance, have been signed. If not, the bid adjudication committee have to come before us and give a reason why. The minister shouldn't be walking out halfway of a portfolio committee meeting. He should stay till the very end when the difficult questions are asked to actually account to the portfolio committee as to why there is a delay and what he's going to do about it. Because what I've found from, from being in, in these committee meetings is that they're horrified at the time but there doesn't seem to be consequences if the next time they're still horrified. In November, the Portfolio Committee were horrified by the 142,000 um, um, number in the backlog. Yesterday, they were even more horrified. But but where are the consequences to this? What What are the deliverables when they say that next week, come back here with X, Y, and Z? And I think there has to be some kind of strategy involved um, and maybe it needs a um, collaboration between the board and the portfolio committee. If the board have got an oversight mandate, they have to then be far more involved that they give, that they are able to give specifics. The board came yesterday with a plan of action, but the spreadsheet was empty. They hadn't populated the spreadsheet with the information that would have informed the portfolio committee, for instance, as to why those issues existed. So they wow. need to get deeper into the issues for us to understand because people don't like to be shown up. So if, for instance, they found out that it's that department that are not performing, then at least the Minister of Police can, can go down to that particular department and say, by next week, you will be here with an answer. It's a little bit like the broken window syndrome in New York when uh, the mayor said, Okay, well, you've got to fix it. You're responsible. And then that guy said, well, I've got to go back to him. You're responsible. We might need to start seeing that kind of accountability down the line, that there are consequences. Someone will ultimately lose their job if they don't perform. That's what we need to start seeing. Mm. Absolutely correct. And the key word there is accountability. Vanessa, sure. thank you so much for, for your time. And I, I really believe we should get you on for a, for a longer session where you can chat about your uh, f- phrase into the public sector with your uh, public you. initiatives and your GBV initiatives. I think it's, it's well worth it. And now's the time to get this going. Thank Absolutely. you very, Thanks, very, Rob. very, very much, Mr. Have a wonderful day. Great. You too. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Oh.